Welcome to today's CIT Tech for Business podcast. Today we're sitting down with Todd, Matthew, and the marketing team, Kelsey and Tara, myself, and we're going to be discussing um, social media for business and the pros and cons for that. I'm going to kick it off with an introduction of myself, but my lovely question to everybody today is tell me about your favorite season. So as I said, my name is Tara, part of the marketing team, or you'll hear us call ourselves marketing gals. My favorite season of all is fall. Fall everything, fall with the windows open, apple orchards, sweatshirt weather. I love everything about it. Are you a pumpkin spice latte girl? You know what? I am not, but I'm going to try it this year. It's a goal of mine to see if I'm going to like it or not. So I have that on my Starbucks to-do list for sure. But Kelsey, I'll kick it over to you. You know that I interrupted you and I was like, PSL? Fall? What? No, I am not a pumpkin spice fan either, but I'm Kelsey. I'm part of our marketing team and favorite season would have to be winter. I'm that person. I just binge watch Gilmore Girls for the fifth time in my life. And when she goes, I smell snow. I'm like, that's me. A hundred percent. I will go outside. And I love snow, probably because I work from home and I don't have to drive in it. So our relationship is great. So the introverted part of me, I'm like, yeah, if I can sit there with a million blankets, wool sweaters all day long, that's my jam. hundred percent. I'll pass it on over to Todd. Um, I didn't interrupt, but I, I wanted to say I went to the apple orchard this weekend, so 100% into the apple orchard. Uh, my favorite season, though, is football season, and it uh, kicks off this week, so anybody that's trying to pay attention to where we're at, the college football team started already, uh, but but football's where it's at for me. I guess that technically falls into mostly fall, uh, or at least that's what fall means to me, along with the apple orchard and a bunch of other things. Nice. Matthew? <laughs> I I had a joke answer, but uh, Kelsey, you're right. I have to go with winter um, because I grew up in the desert and uh, I get to see snow now. And I don't think I'm ever going to get used to that. I know that's not, you guys are probably like, yeah, snow. Great. Thanks. Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for, for what it's worth, I, I uh, was born and raised in Minnesota, went out to the desert for four years, and I did not miss snow at all. So I was kind of the exact opposite. It was like, hey, yeah. wow, it's amazing. It's 75 degrees and sunny again. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're, uh, don't put me in a desert again. I, uh, I went home to visit uh, early last year, uh, early this year, and uh, yeah, a couple of, couple of weeks of that was more than enough. <laughs> I just can't even imagine. I'm like, winter, we kill the big bugs in winter. There are no giant bugs because it freezes. <laughs> also, one of my favorite things. So now that we're yeah. tangenting already, Tara, do you want to bring us back to where we're at today? I've already lost control, but hey, it's always a great topic because we up here in uh, Minnesota, we have all the seasons. So we there's always a little piece of every one of them that we can all enjoy. But yes, getting back to the subject of hand of social media for business. Let's start off with some of the pros. Let's talk about that. Um, why would a business even want social media? And you guys will hear a different perspective from marketing since we have the marketing gals on here, but then also, you know, kind of from a security side. So Kelsey. I'll kind of pose that question to you is, why would CIT need social media? Right, I mean, <clears throat> social media is not a new thing. And just to give everybody a little background, I worked in B2C, right? 
that was what I did social media for. That's a whole different world. When you're like, yep, I'm talking directly to my customer. They're going to buy a product. They're going to get a targeted ad on LinkedIn, on Instagram. You're done. That's a whole different world. Today, we're not really talking about the B2C. We're focusing on the B2B because that's what we're talking about here at CIT. <clears throat> that was kind of the big hurdle that I had to overcome when they were like, yeah, you can help with social media. And I was like, that's great. But if I did my own personal social media, it's going to look worlds different than what it looks like for a business. So, right, it's kind of always been toted as, well, it's the free organic reach. Everybody should do social media because it's free marketing. You don't have to pay for it. You just get on there and people can know about you and you're done. And then you hear the jokes about the algorithm. Well, the algorithm changes day in and day out. That is probably the biggest pain point that I would say. Why social media for businesses? First, who is your customer? Knowing who you're marketing to and which social media platform they're on is really step one. Rather than, hey, I'm going to be on Twitter, I'm going to be on LinkedIn, I'm going to be on Facebook, I'm going to be on TikTok, and I'm going to do all of the things. Today, if I went on TikTok with our LinkedIn strategy, it would fail. I'm not telling myself that a 50-year-old business owner in Minnesota is on TikTok. Maybe they are, but that's probably right not the target market that's currently on that social media platform. So why you would use social media for your business is more, who are you trying to reach and where are they currently at? Where are they looking at for their education, for their trends, for networking purposes? Because, right, that's the LinkedIn, the whole... Well, I go on LinkedIn and I get 10 different salespeople asking me if they want an intro meeting, right? That's the idea. You normally typically would not get that on Instagram. You probably wouldn't get that on TikTok, right? You're consuming versus connecting, that sort of a thing. So I think it's my favorite Todd and Kyle, our CEO, answer. It depends. Why <laughs> do I need social media for business? Well, it depends on what you're trying to get, what your end goal is if that kind of gets us where we're going to start there, Tara. Yeah, no, I, I think too, just um, establishing that brand, because a lot of times if they're talking about a company, then immediately they go to social media where, what do they have for their social media pages? Can I go out there and kind of take a look at it, see what they've got posted, so on and so forth. And I think with CIT, um, I was talking with Kelsey earlier about the spaghetti analogy, like I'm cooking spaghetti, I got all of the noodles in the pot, and then when you take some of them out and you throw against the wall and see if some of them stick, sometimes you kind of have to try that and see if it's going to work or not work because um, some of the trends too within social media is like, hey, this started off really well and we had a lot of engagement. For instance, like our Facebook page, we have a ton of engagement with our current um employees and we had some of the customers but not a lot of customers so it's like okay well is facebook dead for cit for customer engagement so it's that analogy i'm going to throw it against the wall kind of see what sticks determine your audience like kelsey had mentioned and really kind of fine-tune that message and then i can go around and then figure that oh yep that noodle there is the one strategy that we're going to utilize and move forward but i know it's kind of a silly one but some food for thought there. Food with spaghetti. I like it. I I just wanted to interject and can you say anybody didn't know we were from Minnesota? We did get an open there and <laughs> a dare. So that's two swings and hits for for Minnesota, Western Wisconsin. Um, 
<laughs> Sorry for the tangent. So a couple things that I heard. One is that there is basically the real reason to answer the original question is there's just massive audience, right? Regardless of platform, the reason that you go after social media is it's huge. And in most cases, it's free. Um, one of the questions that naturally comes up to me when you used your spaghetti analogy and, and uh, um, for what it's worth, I, I'm one of the executive levels at CIT. So naturally, I'm going to ask questions that come from that slant. I'm going to let Matthew handle the security one for the most part today, although I'm sure I can't stop myself from asking. But in this particular instance, is how do you know what the measurement is on your spaghetti tossing that says that was successful, it did actually stick, and that one didn't? And how do you know when it's time to, to pivot or change? No, Tara, do you mind question. if I start yeah, off? Awesome. I was going to say, both Tara and I will come at this from slightly different angles. So I'd say my favorite thing, of course, to do back to you, Todd, is I was, well, what, what's the goal of this campaign? Because, right, I can go on, I'll use Instagram as my network of choice, media of choice here. If I go on Instagram and I say, well, I got 500 likes on this reel. That's great, but that's an impression. That's not, nobody's clicking through to a landing page. I'm not converting anything. I'm 100% just going for impression-based. So as far as what do you know what's going to stick, well, what what do you want out of it? Because there's a little bit of, well, that was great. But if my goal is to get somebody migrated to Azure and I want to find out, you know, these are my target people. This is, I want them to go and I want them to set up a meeting. Okay, well, we have the tools to track to say they came from social media, they did this action, and within this time frame, they set up a meeting. If I'm going all the way back to my campaign, I'm then looking for them to go through and take an action off of that real post, ad, whatever it is. That being said, a lot of people will start and say, well, I'm just looking for brand awareness. That's why I'm on social. I want somebody to know my brand, to recognize it. That's really hard to track. At that point, you're guessing that impressions are giving you that, but that's where a lot of the reporting on really every single social media platform is super powerful for them to say, this is your audience. This is who you're reaching with this impression is this demographic, this age group area. Because even with our podcast, we do that where I'm like, really... My one dad up in Alaska, Matthew, I'm like, right, that's probably not going to be my target audience. And I know who that is. But on social media, it feels a similar way that you're kind of sitting there and you're like, well, I think based on the fact that there was roughly this many people in this age group in this area that I achieved my goal. But you may not actually be able to look at a purchase and say that was directly part of that, especially in the B2B world. B2C, that's much easier. You click on an ad, they buy the thing. You're good to go. So your your answer was you need a strategy before you move forward. So there are measurements that are there, but you need to put some sort of thought process behind and and I'll grossly generalize, but this is kind of blending things that you said already, right? As you start with saying, what is my platform? Well, I, sh I should take that back. You start with saying, who is my audience? And then you're kind of pivoting into what is the platform I'm using? Is that appropriate for whatever my target audience is? So we kind of talked about that's going to be different from B2C to B2B. B2B is probably going to be a LinkedIn, something along those lines. And then you're going to start to develop what is it that I'm trying to do? Am I trying to get people to thumbs it up with your impressions or am I trying to get it to click through and so forth? I'm sure 
sure I missed some additional steps in there, but that's what I heard. Is that is that fair or anything you want to expand on? No, I think that's fair. And Tara, you can certainly add anything here, but yeah, no, 100%. I like that you said the little like. I'm like, oh, throw back to the Facebook days and everybody was going for the likes and now they're like, we don't care about likes. There has to be click-throughs and more action. <laughs> Yeah, I will add a little bit into that, uh, you know, getting back to my spaghetti. We have to kind of establish that baseline on the social media networks because like back then you're like, yeah, let's just get a page out there, get our content. So they they see CIT, but really it's diving into and prioritizing the networks that fit your audience because it's kind of changing and evolving over the years, too, of where there might have been, you know, a big group that was solely on Facebook, but that no longer is the case. And maybe they switched over to LinkedIn. So it kind of boils down to prioritize that and let's see then which one we can get the biggest bang for our buck with organic growth. And then even some of the paid advertising, because if we know our target market isn't going to be on TikTok, like Kelsey had mentioned, that's not really going to be something that we're going to establish a TikTok page for CIT. So it's really kind of understanding that. And then we can build off of everything that Kelsey had talked about with the impressions, the click throughs, our go to market strategy of the content that we're putting out there. That's going to be like, wow, CIT really knows what they're talking about in this particular um, industry. And we kind of then provide us as we're experts in that and we can provide value based upon just those few content postings. To build off that just a little tiny bit, just because you mentioned organic growth versus paid growth. This is something that I was, of course, looking up articles last night that I was like, yeah, I should probably Google and know what I'm talking about today. So this is totally fine. Um, that That is the trend of where social is, right, is that you pay in order for people to see your content. Even if you're seeing it organically, you're probably seeing it through a creator. Used to be just influencers now, right? They're content creators. Does that have a space within B2B? I would say yes. I think it's undersaturated. It's harder to find, but that's where you get organic growth, but you're still paying for it. It's still an investment. So even if you're paying for a social media manager, you're probably paying for them in some sorts to be a content creator, but that's how you'd see your business being right, more in front of people, more top of mind. That's where you see organic growth, which then brings me to a question that I actually had for Matthew was, let's say that you're doing a content creator, right? And I'm coming to the cybersecurity side of the house and I'm saying, hey, we hired Joe over from, we just found him on Instagram and we're going to have him run our social media. Does that throw up any concerns? Is there anything else I should know as part of that planning? I mean, always. <laughs> yeah. Uh Thankfully, one of the upsides of of people being in that space is that they've often got a lot of content that you can review of theirs and find out where they've worked previously, the work they've kind of done. Um, finding someone who, you know, from from what you guys have been speaking about, and I've, I've been quiet because that is not my forte. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's obviously you want to find someone who can meet those goals and has has that example with it, but also there is a lot of things. Compliance is my specialty in terms of where they're working from. Um, are you able to hire people in in different states or different countries to assist you? Uh, what have they posted online before? How much information do they give out? Are they the type of person that overshares, which 
can have significant consequences. Uh, we hear stories quite regularly of people losing contracts because they simply mentioned that they won the contract online. Uh, Facebook used to be big for that. <laughs> I think it's. I think people have gotten better about it lately. But those are the things that I keep in mind, especially when it's it's it is finding someone online. These things are very easy to fake as well. Uh, lots of lots of websites that are just people pretending to be someone they're not. Then there's also sorry, Todd, but uh, there, there's one story I like from this. Uh, there is a, a person who I follow on YouTube who has done a lot of threat hunting. Uh, he really enjoyed breaking down uh, certain uh, events and cybersecurity incidents that had been found and did video after video online. And he got his job uh, right now with a, with a threat hunting company specifically because of those videos. Now, he's not doing social media as part of it, but his social media presence and those videos he put out were, were a significant portion of what helped him get that position. So I think there's, there's upsides from both directions. Yeah, the one item I was going to throw on there is it, it it can depend on organizations and what their policies and procedures are, which gets back to the compliance stuff that Matthew mentioned is in some cases, it may be something that was written intended or other that they've got something that says that you need to be, let's just say, hypothetically, I need that employee to be a resident of the United States. They can't be outside of the country. They can't have access to the data for those reasons, whatever the case may be. Um, or you may run into a situation where they say that someone's got to be fully vetted and they need to be part of the organization. We don't use contractors, whatever the case may be. So some things like that may pop up that would prevent you from using them. Uh, but again, that might be just as simple as going back and saying, well, let's revise the policy then because it stinks, um, which is certainly possible. <laughs> but but um, be careful, I think, is kind of the, the gist of what Matthew said. There's a lot of benefits to it, a lot of benefits that you and he had mentioned, um, but there there may be reasons to, to be a little cautious when you proceed down that path as well. One of the uh, things that I found really interesting as part of, I'm, I'm on Twitter, right, uh, <laughs> is seeing how many people who have done content creation uh, and social media full-time are doing it for the larger companies. They're doing it for Fortune 500 companies and their social media team isn't interacting with too many other people at the company. So there is occasionally that crossover of it feels like they're speaking with other people in social media sectors only. There's a communication they're having that feels distinctly separated, uh, which can be fun. I mean, we've all seen those threads, uh, <laughs> but there's making sure it ties in with what the business is doing and the goals they're hoping to promote can occasionally be missed with trying to get likes. Right, exactly. But I mentioned this <clears throat> earlier today. I was talking with Tara and I was like, right in a past life, I did freelance art. It was a lot of cat art. So that's a fun fact about me for the day. <laughs> but right, if I took that exact strategy and that type of content and used it for CIT, people would be like, no, it's not the same group of people. Maybe some overlap, but again, that's not, I'm not drawing little tech cats and being like, here's a cat. People are like, mm, don't care about that, Kelsey. Keep going. I want to know about cybersecurity. I'm like, 100%, I hear you. Um, but to that point, just because somebody has a lot of followers doesn't mean that they're the exact best fit for that project. Uh, but it, that also made me think of an interesting point between internal and external, right? That you can have your employees interacting with something and you can have your potential audience interacting with something 
but that also varies by platform, right? We see Facebook do really well with groups. So if you're a company that needs or has a want for a type of focus group or something where you want people interacting in that space, Facebook really has done a really nice job with that. However, if you're somebody that you're like, well, I want to do educational webinars and I want to do email campaigns and I want to do white sheets, those are all going to be LinkedIn content. That's not going to be a Twitter content. However, can I take a nugget of knowledge that Matthew said earlier and tweet it out as future content? Yes, that's spoilers probably coming soon to our Twitter. So, right, you can kind of look at it and say, hey, I have all this content, but I would highly recommend varying it across your platforms if you're on multiple platforms. We've all been there where you're sitting there and you're like, well, I'm not going to follow them on Instagram because I follow them on Facebook and I follow them on Twitter. And they literally post the exact same thing at the exact same day, which full disclosure, Tara and I have done just to save time. Social media is a full time job in and of itself. So if you're on five different platforms and you're like, man, I'm just going to pancake, I'm going to spread it all out. Um, that gets a little bit crazy, which Tara, anything so I- to add on that before I stop? My rant. Oh, I'm oh. stopping your rant. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the next question, I actually had two questions I was going to come from, but you you went pretty heavily down the platform road, and I kind of wanted to follow up on that piece then. And we talked about several, right? Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, maybe those are two of the same things. TikTok, et cetera. Are there specific platforms that you as a marketing team looks at specifically and does it matter if it's b2c versus b2b i think a hundred percent you read any article right of like what's coming next in 2023 where should i be on social media it's tiktok that's video content that's the reason everybody's like you should have video content but beyond that it's short form video and audio they call it instagram right like the older person's tiktok you get to see tiktok two weeks after it was popular Right, that's of course owned by Meta, same parent company as Facebook, Instagram. But two, as you see growth, almost all of these have pretty steady growth. I think Twitter was the least on whatever article I was reading last night that had, hey, what's top, what's bottom? YouTube, of course, is in there. That's longer video content, but they're getting more, right? The like TikTok, here's this little 10 second video. So I'd say as far as which platform again, what audience are you looking for? What's growing the fastest is TikTok. Facebook was second, but again, what are you using it for? So that shouldn't be a go ahead. LinkedIn is the oldest, but shows almost the exact same amount of growth. So again, B2B, I would say do LinkedIn first and then go from there. YouTube was after that, then Instagram. Then I believe there was a couple other ones thrown somewhere in there. And then Twitter was the way bottom because I heard somebody say the other day, Twitter's just people talking about themselves. So as far as a marketing strategy goes, unless you're Wendy's and you're really, really witty and that's what you're going to kind of go viral for is tweeting really kind of snide comments. Um, If that's not your business's tone and your brand and you don't have that preset, maybe just wait on Twitter for a little bit and then keep going from there. Tara? Wendy's was the example I was going to use before. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wendy's. I would say too, you know, again, I had talked about like prioritizing the networks. We know that like Facebook is more of like a casual focused on some of those connections where again, the LinkedIn is more of those business professionals. 
um, and Twitter too, like they handle kind of some quick rapid fire conversations. You know, if you need a short answer question, whatever you have that. And that's where Kelsey had talked more about Instagram and TikTok is that visual video, catch your eye. Hey, here's just a blob about CIT. And we have this wonderful um, way that we can help financial institutions because we understand the difference between a banking institution in a federal, like a credit union, of just being able to quickly highlight that content. And I think too, um, you know, if you think about it, everybody's so busy that they want to see something super quick and can get to that point and address that very, very quickly. So that's something as marketers, we kind of have to think about too, is how quickly can we get that content to them visually in a matter that they're going to take it in and be like, that's exactly what we need. And I'm calling CIT today. So there's a little bit of that too, again, with the spaghetti, like throw it on the wall. Like there's no silver bullet of kind of understanding, you know, you got to put a strategy, look at the measurement, see how the engagement is. If we're being able to convert any of those as well. And it's like fine tuning it, like Kelsey mentioned, it can be a full-time and should be a full-time job because there's so many different facets that come into play, especially of all of those different platforms that can be used. Matthew, Matthew, we talked, well, I didn't want to forget about it because we had a little steam on it, but Matthew, Kelsey threw out TikTok, it was kind of like a leading edge and you're the security guy, so, so suck it to me. Yeah, Do I um, care? <laughs> you should. You should. You really should. Um, I I personally am not on TikTok um, and and refuse to even download the app. Um, there's there's been a lot that you guys may have seen come out about the fact that it's tracking pretty much everything that's being done, and then beyond that, the the data that's being stored, which is currently we're being told stored in the U.S., is still accessible um, to the employees of the company. So there is a lot here that that shows how much information they're gathering on everyone who uses it. Um, I can't remember the exact numbers on how many users they currently have, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's, you know, a third of the country at the moment, Um, probably getting closer to a a sixth of the world, if not more. Uh, And all of that information is is accessible to to their internal team. Uh, We saw a similar thing with Facebook, with the Cambridge Analytica stuff that came out. There's... These are, there is so much information that's available and it's so easy for that information to be manipulated or for experiments to be run on the users of the platform, Uh, things that we can't be prepared for. And even if you're using it just in a business context, that includes you. Um, That includes the the company that's, the the individual that's running it, the the individual that opened the account or, or has it as a subset of their main account. Um, I haven't used Facebook in a long time, but I think that's how it used to work. That's how <laughs> so, it works. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. Uh, so because of those links, they can see all of that. They can see the activity. They can see what you're posting, generally even where you're posting it from. Um, there's been a couple of changes in the part in the most recent years. Um, Apple especially has done a uh, a feature that they've implemented, which is ask apps not to track, which has stopped the apps from being able to speak between other apps, which the real shock there for a lot of people was that they were tracking what you did in other apps after you'd gone out of the main app. Uh, yeah, <laughs> they were. Every other app you opened, they generally knew what you were doing. 
And this has caused a serious problem for Facebook. I think they marked 10 billion they expected as a loss from this change that Apple made alone. So keep in mind that everything you're doing, it's just like everything online, even if you're working in the context of the business, it's all tracked. It's all being logged and, and organized. And that information can come out. It can be used for whatever purposes they want to use it for. Um, I, I had two things I wanted to add to that. One is just kind of circling back to the whole strategy conversation. We're not saying don't use TikTok, just so we're clear. But if you do, going back to the strategy pieces, have a strategy. Think about it. What are you going to share? Do you care if that's out in the wild? Do you encourage it? Matthew mentioned there is potentially some some testing or spaghetti throwing that you want to potentially do with that. That might make a lot of sense. But just be thoughtful about it. Understand that everything that you know or you're sharing is going to be viewed, not just as a whole to a social media community, but it's going to be viewed specifically inside of China and they're trying to look at that. Um, and then my tangent item was talking about the Apple stuff is I actually use DuckDuckGo app on, on my personal phone device. And just looking at it over the last four, I'm sorry, last seven days, I've had 26,550 tracking attempts stopped by the application. So that's from one app to another, just the tracking data it's trying to keep. DuckDuckGo app itself, you have that capability of turning on that that tracking and, ter- and stopping it. Um, so it sounds like we've got potentially another podcast. But just the sheer <laughs> quantity. I think when I first turned it on within the first hour, I had nearly 10,000 hits on and I couldn't believe how many tracking things on my phone were trying to gather all that data about me. And I don't even have any of the social media apps aside from <laughs> LinkedIn on my, my phone. Um, I, I lied. I have one more thing. When it comes to LinkedIn, personally, I, this is more an executive feedback. I hate LinkedIn. Um, the people that I'm connected to are almost all companies I already do business with. So if I don't do it that way, everybody I connect to is trying to immediately, it's like instantly, as soon as I connect with them, here's an ad campaign that's targeted directly to me and in my inbox and I can't stand it. And then I'll say, hey, look, we're direct competitors or whatever. They always make it look like we're collaborating. And as soon as we connect, it's a sales effort or someone's trying to get me to hire somebody and I immediately unfollow them and go, right, you lied to me. So <laughs> from my perspective, LinkedIn is is not something I prefer. I'm guessing plenty of people out there have had similar experience, but I uh, figured I'd share that before we wrapped up. No, I just do. Sorry, just to quickly add on that, um, Google Chrome the other day, I'm not sure if they've rolled this back yet based on the public outcry, but Google Chrome did say that their plan within the next six or so months was to stop the use of ad blockers within Google Chrome as well. There is a huge amount of, of money that goes with ad blockers working. And I think in direct response to what Apple's done, they're going in the other direction, whatever external influences they have. Uh, you really want to keep this in mind. Uh, Todd, you use DuckDuckGo. I have a lot of plugins specifically to, to block that type of tracking on how I access everything I do here at work. It's They don't need to know what I'm looking at. I get enough ads from, uh, from solutions already. <laughs> right, which I think that kind of brings up another interesting point, though, is when you're doing your strategy, how, as I like to call it, sales slimy do you want to get? Because, right, I sit on enough educational things from marketing. People, they're like, people want it personalized. People want it personalized. People expect that when they get an email, it's tailored to them, that you are not generalizing anymore. It's We're kind of just conditioned to know, hey, when I open up my phone, I'm going to see an ad 
for something that's pertinent to me. I'm not going to see an ad to something that's not pertinent to me unless my husband looked at it on our IP address. And then I get to look at him and go, and why were you looking at this tech item on the side? Because now I'm getting ads for it. But it, it's one of those things that it's not hard and it's not expensive. As we're saying, oh, social media is kind of you know cheap, easy. Even with our base level, I can go in and I can see so much demographic data and so much behavioral data. So, right, it's kind of one of those things where it's, okay, it can be really powerful for your business because you can have all of these insights, but two, where's the idea going? How are you signing up for all of these different platforms? If you have somebody for social media, how much access does that person have to other things? Because that's something that's a question I brought up to Todd and Matthew previously was, well, yeah, it's your personal Facebook account that they have you sign up for your business account with. So if I signed up with my work email as part of this to then set it up, that would kind of be my final question to both of you is, is there any concerns about just general setup and sign up? Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, I mean, there, there should be email addresses, groups, and everything that you do this for that are specific to what you're doing them for. You don't want that information to be tied back into personal email or even your, your personal work email. It makes handoffs very difficult. Um, it makes a whole bunch of everything you've signed into Zoom with is available in a search window within Google. Your role, any numbers that you've attached to it, all that type of stuff. And that's that's just Zoom. Um, Keeping that stuff safe and secure, it's any information that people can gather about you and the company is useful information. Uh, by signing up with with custom email addresses that are created for that purpose and, and tracking the information that way, it makes things a lot safer uh, in terms of that data, that data bleed. That's my main concern, at least. Well, I think just noting, too, and keep in mind, like anything that you put out there in the web is out there. There's no yep. privacy, you know, in general to be able to like, nope, I don't want you to give all that out. Like at, at some point your email is out there along with some additional information. So it's like just a nice little reminder that <laughs> keep in mind with all of that too. And I think um, as well as like, you know, when we are developing strategies, like we're not looking to be um, spamming people of you know wanting to have like our audience to then retweet like comment post and share everything across all the platforms over and over again because then that just fills up a lot of those feeds and then also we don't want to be too needy like we're not always wanting to like request or say please retweet please share um a couple of things to kind of think about that that strategy really plays into it of like we want that naturally to happen, that if they find that the content is valuable, then they will go ahead and share that to somebody else, maybe within their organization or another business contact to say, you know, hey, I'm working with CIT right now. I think you should check out this content that they posted because it would be great for you guys to consider having CIT come in, you know, and help them. So just a couple of little things I wanted to kind of make mention of. And Can I mention? Yes. Say your last thing, Matthew, and then I, I swear I have like one sentence. I have to say this or else I'm going to, we're going to ignore something I said in the other podcast, which is please don't sign up 
for social media for your business with your personal email address. Uh, <laughs> a, it makes your IT it makes it impossible for your IT team to uh, assist with that or help with it. But also, if your personal email address is compromised, the business's email uh, social media is compromised, and that can do so much damage, irreparable damage in some cases. So always ask. Make sure you can get an email address that's specific for what you're doing, and that'll save a lot of potential future heartache. That's perfect. And that's kind of along the same veins as I was going to say. We talked about a lot of things. Tangent in a fair amount because I can never stop talking too much coffee. But essentially, just have enough of a strategy to slow down, know who your audience is, know where they're at, and then slow down enough when you're signing up that you're just not trying to do everything all at once, giving all this information, and then later going, maybe I shouldn't have shared that. That was maybe not exactly what I wanted to do, even though, you know, right, you hear people are like, it's free, things are changing daily, these sounds are trending, and if we don't get it out now, then we won't be trending. And it's like, just have enough of a strategy that then you have a base to pull from so you can be quicker in the future while still being, you know, not making Todd and the Matthews of the world sweat with your, hey, we're just going to sign this up with my Gmail and we're going to keep going. Um, so that's, thank you guys. It's a good reminder to slow down where it counts. Absolutely. Thanks, Kelsey, for kind of um, talking about that. I know we talked a ton and I'm like, oh my gosh, we could probably talk for another two hours about this. And I love the fact that we all have like so many things to like, no, wait a minute, I have this and this. But um, thanks again, though, Todd, Matthew, Kelsey, and I'll thank myself. Um, as Kelsey had mentioned earlier, we love to talk and we love to tangent, but this I think was a great um, way to kind of just showcase pros and cons about social media for your business. So I will say if you have any feedback for us about today's topic or any additional topics, please visit cit-net.com backslash podcast, or you can email us at info at cit-net.com. And as, as always, excuse me, we look forward to chatting with you guys more next week.